Welcome to the Ordinals Podcast, produced by Ord Media, featuring the top builders, projects, and investors pioneering Bitcoin inscription protocols and the future of digital artifacts. Welcome, everyone, to the Ordinals Podcast. I'm your host, Ragnar Leafthracer. Today is going to be a very high brain activity podcast today. We're very lucky to have Ordinali with us. Ordinali, welcome to the Ordinals podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. Appreciate your time. Uh, today's episode, we, we want to help people understand the heart of Ordinals. And so much is run by the GitHub and Ordinals.com. And it's kind of a black box to a lot of people, especially if they're not technical the GitHub and the repo and everything that goes down there, the governance, the code, the conversations, the pull requests, everything. There's so much going on there. And I think a lot of non-technical users don't fully understand. And because Ordinals is so new and so much to, to fix and upgrade and maintain, I want to kind of demystify that. And you are one of the perfect people to do so. So before we dive in too deep, um, tell us about how you got started in Ordinals and when you got started. Yeah, so so it was all kind of uh, serendipity played a large role here. Uh, it, it actually started in Texas uh, about uh, about a year ago, end of August last year at the um, at the Bitblock Boom conference, I was introduced to Casey there, and uh, you know he started, uh, you know, kind of one minute into the conversation, he started talking about Ordinals, and you know was kind of explaining this this protocol he had been working on to you know essentially number individual satoshis, and you know kind of the first few minutes I thought, okay, so what's going on here? Like this this guy sounds like really really convinced of what he's doing, but that this could also be you know, just, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, a bit of a crazy person. Um, but, you know, we ended up having, I think, like a two hour, uh, pretty deep discussion. I was, you know, I was asking a lot of questions and, and, you know, kind of the more, the, the deeper we went into the conversation, the more fascinating I found the concept because what, what was interesting was that, you know, kind of in my journey into Bitcoin, kind of in the very beginning when I got there, um, like you know what what interested me about bitcoin was like this concept of digital scarcity and how can you get scarcity in a world where you can copy everything like you know you can make infinite copies of everything um and you know so so understanding like you know proof of work and you know how 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 is the uh you know the supply cap actually enforced and how does that work and kind of in my mental model for for understanding the the the, the transaction model in bitcoin I had kind of in my head also had these pictures of, you know, kind of little units of Bitcoin kind of flowing from from the inputs to the outputs and kind of had thought about like, hmm, well, maybe you could actually track them. And then, you know, and essentially you can make sure that you never have more than 21 million Bitcoin or 2.1 quadrillion uh, Satoshis. But Casey had kind of taken that to a level where he had actually kind of thought the whole system through like the exact numbering and he had built software to actually track that. So as serendipity uh, uh, works, like we, we also figured out, oh, we're both flying to San Francisco the next day. So let's meet up again and dive a little deeper. And, you know, he kind of helped me get uh, get his implementation or running on my laptop and because I was curious, like I was curious about, um, hmm, okay, so um, there's also this idea he had about, you know, uh, uh, you know, having uncommon Satoshis and having rare Satoshis. And mm -hmm. I thought, hmm, it would be interesting to see uh, what I have in my, uh, you know, in my kind of Bitcoin stack. Is there anything interesting there? Um, so I wanted to get the software running. Um, and that essentially kind of uh, started my trip down the the, the ordinals and and art rabbit hole because you know getting the software up and running was I think the the, the indexing run took like you know a good week on my laptop <laughs> and uh, after that I found you know I think I actually found two uncommon satoshis and was very happy about that mm -hmm. back in September uh, last year. Um, 
but I also thought, hmm, okay, so the software is nice, but um, it's a little slow. So, and, and, and you know, that, that was something that kind of piqued my interest. And Casey at the time was doing, um, I think, first weekly and then like daily Twitter spaces and then Discord sessions where he was, you know, essentially programming kind of with screen sharing and, and, and you know, kind of showing his code base and then and, and helping people who had questions on, on the implementation. And so I started joining those and, you know, had my questions and then started working on making the, the indexing faster. That was kind of my first, like, whatever, a little bit bigger project in there. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the start of my journey. That was, uh, that was, uh, yeah, uh, August, September last year. September of last year. So Bitblock Boom is where you met Casey. That's a Bitcoin Maximals conference, definitely. Um, and obviously Casey, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously Casey is a Bitcoin maximalist, right? And so that is serendipitous and it's funny because I was talking to Erin Redwing about how she met Casey and got involved in ordinals. And like, I think if she didn't use the word serendipity, it was something like that, where she just thought it was a strange, like uh, kind of coincidence. And she thought it was like kind of a good time. So it sounds like something similar with you. Um, so you got involved like July, August of last year, started running it, found some Satoshis. Um, and then that was then. So then walk me through that to say December, because it seemed like December is when Casey, you know, really started to, to publish and said, hey, this is kind of a, a product ready to go and launch really. So what, what, walk me through like July to December of last year, what were you doing? Yeah, yeah. So, so my journey started end of August. Um, I, I think, I think Casey had started like roughly in, I don't know the exact date, but, but I think in, in, in spring, um uh last year so he had maybe started in whatever january february this march and he had you know he had a student working with him liam uh all the way till july and then um raf also started i think august september um so at that time like these like like my involvement in ordinals kind of from you know september to to december essentially really was these uh you know sometimes daily sessions in discord we would meet at 10 a.m pacific um and then you know kind of which is very conveniently kind of my evening you know kind of after work uh and, and you know i had an interest like kind of um you know in my um like i had an interest like one of the intentions i had for last year was to get back to more hands-on technical work. I, you know, I'm, I'm a software engineer by, by education, but, but kind of my, my time of, of actively kind of developing code every day, uh, you know, is, is, is a little, is a little, uh, is a few years behind me. Mm. And, and I really had an interest to kind of, uh, you know, contribute to an open source project that was Bitcoin related. Like that was very specifically at the beginning of the year kind of my intention. Um and and wanted to to kind of really get my hands dirty, as you say, on 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 some on some code and, and something that's interesting. And I had been kind of looking at a lot of things throughout the year, but this code base like was the first time I thought, okay, this is interesting. It's Bitcoin. Casey is like a really, really good kind of educator and 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 teacher um so so these okay these, I found this on the uh, like these really discord kind of this is interesting um these discord sessions for me really were like like you know also kind of really helping me to get into this programming language that that art uses rust which is one i hadn't used before i've you know i'm kind of fluent in in and i think you know a good handful of, of programming languages but rust wasn't one of them Rust isn't the easiest one to pick up. It has, uh, you know, it has, uh, it has a lot of great properties, but being easy to learn is not one of them. I find it fairly easy to read after a while, but it's, but it's kind of, uh, you know, harder to write. Um, so, so it was great kind of learning from Casey and he has some really good practices in that code base, like having, you know, everything is kind of, uh, you know, very well tested with automated tests on different levels. We have unit tests, we have integration tests. A lot of work has gone into actually building a complete mock Bitcoin core implementation so that you can run kind of full tests of all the complicated stuff that ORT does uh, without touching, you know, an actual, uh, an actual blockchain. 
Um, so, so there were a lot of things there that that really interested me from a kind of just how do you set up a good, you know, open source project that 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 is also, you know, where people can can contribute, but but you have kind of safeguards in place not to break things, right? I yeah. mean, in the end, like art has a wallet, for example, um, that that is dealing with actual Bitcoin, and you know, you don't want there to be you know bugs in there that that accidentally spend users funds or things like that so um so it's kind of you know high stakes in a way and um i really like these these practices he had so um so kind of yeah september to to december were really like this kind of very small kind of i, th I think my calendar invite that that i had from casey was called ordinals coding club and that's what it felt like. It felt like a small club where we typically had two or three people show up, sometimes four. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about technical topics. We were looking at, at code that, you know, other people had written. I was actually learning a lot the first few weeks from just watching Casey kind of pair program with Raf um, and, and kind of, you know, really picking up. Ah, okay. This is this is how he thinks about the code base. This is how he does testing. This is how Rust works. This is how this is organized. So, for me, it was like like you know a, a very kind of um, customized uh, 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 you know kind of actually uh, a way to learn Rust and this and this code base. But it, it at right. no point did it feel like oh we are building something that that many people will be interested in. To me, it really felt like okay, this is a bit of a niche project that you know, is technically yeah. very interesting, but I had no expectation whatsoever that, that, you know, kind of, we would have the, um, the take up and the, the adoption that we have seen since, uh, since, uh, January. Um, so for you, it was definitely, a passion project, intellectually stimulating. You obviously love Bitcoin. If you want to do this much hard work and programming really in, in, in the weeds of, of rust and everything else and you brought up some interesting points about so like with casey obviously i think we all would agree that ordinals is you know a really great framework and really great work but so casey's not just that but he's also a good educator he's a good speaker he set up these best practices he's not perfect but i think the people that i've spoken to who really have experience with this sort of thing said you know actually this is set up pretty well and how we develop things and you said like people can contribute but there's also like rails in place it's just like not disorganized so it was kind of a beautiful thing in the sense that it's an open source project but but didn't have too much like bad disorganization and infighting it sounds like talking with you and a couple other people that you guys were a relatively you know cohesive group that was very intellectually stimulated and love working on bitcoin does that sound yeah which right? is yeah. very which is very easy also in a in a kind of three or maximal four person team right um mm -hmm. But but yeah, I mean, you know, I think the way Casey set it up and also the way he led the project really, um, uh, especially in those early days, really helped us that, yeah, it, it felt really cohesive. And um, that, that was also what was making it fun, right? Otherwise, you could say, why would you spend your spare time on, you know, digging into some complicated kind of brain breaking yeah. Rust code, uh, you know, when you could also whatever. Uh, uh, do something that that maybe sounds more fun, but but for me it really was like my learning. Like for me, a good measure of of you know is this something interesting for me is always kind of my rate of learning. And if you know the the you know that time felt like hey, I'm learning a lot, and and that's great. So that was my my main measure of success. Like how much can I learn here? Can I pick up you know kind of the technical skills I wanted? I could learn much more deeply about Bitcoin. I learned much more about like the ins and outs of taproot transactions, which I hadn't dug into at all before, um, you know, kind of constructing, you know, custom transactions in, in you know, with, with tap script, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like um, that, that's something I, um, I had no experience with before. And um, that 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 really was my kind of main metric for success. The interesting thing is like the first two months, I think, uh, like, you know, there weren't any inscriptions. Like this mm -hmm. was just about, I mean, imagine, right? This was just about building a protocol that allowed you to track Satoshis with no- That's true, yeah, that's right. With no use case of, of inscribing something and then, you know, kind of using the ordinals to track those inscriptions. 
The the inscriptions were only added. I remember, like I met Casey a second time then last year in person at um, at Pacific Bitcoin. It was I think in November, and and there we were talking about like, okay, so how could we do like the the, the sandbox model for these inscriptions? And um, you know, um, we were actually having some technical discussions on on on, on how that could do, but like. I was never so interested in the inscription part, interestingly, in the beginning, because I thought, yeah, okay, I mean, that's okay, that's yeah. a nice kind of extra, you can store some data there, but like, you know, I had never been into, um, you know, into NFTs or, or, or any of that stuff. But what I did find interesting was kind of Casey's vision of, well, this is like, you know, given the nature of the Bitcoin blockchain, I think this is a way to store data with like a really kind of low time preference, kind of long term view. And that that I found interesting, right? Because I'm, you know, I am interested in art and and kind of the 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 idea of kind of preserving kind of art and, you know, high value collectibles kind of for a long time. Uh, that I found interesting, right? Um, yeah. And, um, so when and, did um, sorry, when did uh, inscriptions? When it, did you guys were you guys talking about inscriptions from the beginning, or did that come later? Because people forget, like you said, it's ordinal theory is really just numbering sats. That's the foundation yeah. of it. Like technically, you don't need to inscribe anything. You can just track and find these these sats. So when did like he or you like? When did inscriptions come up? Was that from the beginning or just later towards the end? Well, it came up. It came up like the, the the vision was there from the beginning, right? So, so the um, the vision was there from the beginning in terms of implementation. I don't remember exactly when it was. I think I think it was mid November. I would say that the implementation work for uh, for inscription started. There was some pretty, you know, pretty uh, artist technical work that that Casey. Uh, wanted to do before, which was writing this this kind of mock Bitcoin core implementation to be able to test these things. And um, Raf was very heavily working on that uh, at the time. I think I was I was busy with some other stuff at the time, so I wasn't as deeply involved in during those that time in November. Um, but then I think it started. Yeah, I think it started mid November, and then uh, December 14th, I think, was when Casey tested the first uh, the first mainnet inscription, the, the famous inscription number zero. Um, and so, so yeah, so so that's that's when that was um, possible. I think signet inscriptions we officially released. I think at that time. Um, but it, of course, it was easy, like people very quickly figured out like, okay, so you just have to uncomment the line and then you can inscribe on mainnet. Um, so inscriptions by other people uh, uh, kind of popped up very quickly after Casey's first inscription. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. And um, I want to go back to inscriptions, um, but first I want to go, uh, so we'll talk about inscriptions, but I want to go back to kind of November, December, maybe October. So when you were in these uh, doing the coding, you know, were you contributing code to the GitHub? Were you learning about it? Like what was your role in terms of like the code base in GitHub pre-December? Yeah, so, so I think I think overall like my biggest PR was was this kind of indexer, I don't want to say rewrite, but but I pretty much um, you know, uh, changed the you know made made it a lot faster like you know i think like the the end-to-end -end change from from my contributions there was from from you know a good week to down to half a day so like a factor of um 15 or so which in my mind okay that that made it kind of bearable like half a day that's something you can uh you know if you don't have to do it every time it's just a one-time cost that's that's doable and that required quite a bit of kind of rework in the uh, in the indexing. Um, and then I, you know, I worked on kind of smaller um, smaller PRs as well. But um, you know, I think the 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 indexing code was was my biggest kind of uh, a contribution during that time. Um, I also like you know there, there was a lot of kind of uh, whatever reviewing other people other people's code uh, and, and and things like that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of 
picking up rust and 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 slowly started contributing myself and and kind of dug into this index so that was my main my main thing. I mean, indexing yeah and that's such a critical part of of ordinals is proper indexing and the indexer um so that, that that's good and and um you really were doing this for the passion and the intellectual curiosity and then december comes around and then walk me through december because that's when you know, first inscription maintenance. What was, tell me about December, what you can, when that launched. Yeah, so so that wasn't a big launch. Like the discussion at that point was, okay, let's test it out. And kind of our assumption was that, um, that, you know, maybe if like we had a big roadmap of things that we wanted to get done before, you know, before a big launch, but we were also thinking like, okay, um, you know, maybe there's a handful of people interested, maybe, you know, maybe a few dozen. And so, so let's, let's kind of, um, I think that the decision was made in January to, to go for that mainnet launch end of January. Um, there wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't too much happening. If you look at the code base, also, um, the, uh, there was a lot of kind of preparing for the, like, like, trying to find like what is the minimal set of features that needs to be done for for the mainnet launch and it was a tough this you know that the, there were some tough decisions uh, uh at that time because like you know initially we had thought like you need to have something like a concept for provenance and and parent child inscriptions and and all of that all of that needs to be there before it can be launched but then we also thought, well, not a lot of people will use this, so it doesn't matter. Like it's good to get feedback <laughs> from a handful of people, and then, you know, and then 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 we have essentially the next few months kind of like my expectation was this would continue at this kind of leisurely kind of okay every evening you can do a few hours if you want, uh, you know, kind of pace. But um, but yeah, uh, not so. Reality proved it wrong. Uh, no, exactly. Yeah. So when you guys when you guys are ready for mainnet launch, like what was this going to be? You're like you've been working hard on this, talking about it for a while. Like what was the concept? Oh, we're going to launch this. Well, what was this thing you guys were going to launch? Was it like oh, this is a tool to inscribe? This is a tool for NFTs, or this was a tool for tracking, you know, Satoshi's. What was this thing you guys? Well, yeah, had? no, I mean, it was like it was a tool for. We 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 didn't like we we purposely avoided the word NFT just to distinguish mm -hmm. it from from all the all the issues that we see in in the existing uh, you know NFT ecosystem. So we talked about you know inscriptions or digital artifacts. Um, to really also, you know, I think that the, to me, like the key property of an inscription is that the, the data or the art, if you inscribe art, is on chain. Um, and, and with an NFT, that is not always the case, right? So, um, or let's say that's in very many cases not the case. So, um, we really wanted to make this that distinction. And, and no, the, 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 the idea very clearly was that this is, you know, creating a way to, do something comparable maybe to NFTs, but different on Bitcoin. And, you know, to get a little bit of feedback, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from it. Um, but. So it was but, an inscription from the, from the beginning. That was a way to have data, images, files on chain. Uh, not NFTs, obviously digital artifacts. Yeah. And I think you guys and Casey were right to, to call it that. Um, it definitely adds more meaning when it's a, it's an, um, an artifact versus just a file. I mean, when I think of yeah. artifact, that's something that lasts a long time. It's clearly made by humans with some purpose and it's supposed to last a long time. Like at the Ordinals 2023 conference, my, my talk was about that. These are artifacts. And yeah. I ask people, what will you inscribe, right? Because just like today, archaeologists find human artifacts. One day there will be people who find these funny Satoshis with these digital artifacts. So you guys, it was, it was, you knew that's what it was. But now walk me through kind of mid-December to January and maybe the end of January. So it's just a group of you guys, inscribing starts. When did things hit some sort of inflection point or when did things change? What what kicked it off? Was there any specific thing or just kind of day after day, it just sort of snowballed? 
No, it's so so the inflection point very clearly was like the the mainnet launch January what was it twenty whatever some Saturday in uh, in, in in January twenty first I think or twenty second, and you know Casey Casey made a press release uh, with uh, with Isabel that Fox, kind of yeah, yeah Foxen that that resonated a lot and that kind of I think kicked off uh, kicked off a lot of things and like you know at that point like so the vision very clearly was like okay this is inscriptions and uh ordinals are the way to to you know uh, you know assign ownership to these inscriptions and to be able to to transfer these uh these these you know transfer ownership of these inscriptions um so the the essential parts that you need to have uh you know non-fungible tokens if you want um so that was that was the, the the clear vision at that point um but then things started snowballing very quickly I, you know i think the like the last few days of january and the and the and all of february is is kind of a you know uh from that perspective um a bit of a blur because it all happened so quickly um i think so that kept like, you guys really busy then all of a sudden you had people messaging you on github saying what about well, this yeah, what about I mean, that i mean what was that like exactly we, we had this discord server that we had been using you know essentially mainly for our you know for our coding club right and mm -hmm. um that github server like i think for a few days kind of the the number of users doubled every day uh you know i think whatever at some point early february it was like twenty thousand people uh and just from i don't know maybe 25 uh you know a few weeks earlier so it just it just yeah. grew very quickly and like the 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 amount of messages there and support requests was crazy there wasn't so much activity on github at that point it was really kind of and that that was also kind of something i hadn't like you know the amount of people who piled in that were coming you know with with a not very technical background um was was quite quite overwhelming because they like you know we had kind of naively assumed well this would only be interesting to bitcoiners who maybe run a full node anyway and you know and then you know our software was built in a way that you know you need you need to have a fully synced full node with transaction indexing on and then you need to run this indexing process for art so it's a fairly technical process and it was really amazing to see how many people Kind of came in and, and really wanted to get this get this stuff working, but but they didn't have like even the the slightest kind of starting point in in you know how to work with Bitcoin and and you know kind of so it it ended up being and it was great like we had we had we had very quickly great people in the community who were helping like you know these kind of newcomers. Um, it turned out into like a massive education uh, effort on like the basics of Bitcoin. And we were thinking, well, this is, this is actually great. Like, you know, we, we, you know, so many people being onboarded to run full Bitcoin nodes. That's amazing. That's nice. Um, um, the, 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 the GitHub, yes, yeah, started to kind of, there started to be more contributions kind of, we did a few sessions in February. Uh, Casey did, um, on you know kind of like doing for example there's one session where 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 he's kind of i think that's even recorded where he's going through a pr that i did and kind of just kind of walked everyone through the process of how he reviews prs and the prs a, a pull request on github so for the for the less technical audience um that that's essentially a submission of 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 a change or or you know kind of a new feature to or a bug fix uh to 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 our software um and and pr reviews are kind of essential part of open source development because you know you 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 know you need like you know as the maintainer of the of the open source repository um you know once you have kind of merged code from from someone and it's essentially now it's your job to kind of maintain that and uh and and so you know kind of the quality control on that side is quite uh, is quite important 
Well, yeah, that's um, interesting how many people jumped in who weren't even technical. I remember being in the order court in the discord and people were asking, what is UTXO? And it was so amazing because yeah. I mean, right? Like when was the last time? I don't know how long you've been in Bitcoin, but I can't remember the last time people were asking what a UTXO was. I mean, if you didn't know that, you didn't care. It was just amazing to, to see people learning about that because they're used to Ethereum and they have a totally yeah. different system. So you walk through that and the note, I mean, and it, it's even like, to you, like you learned Rust, you learned more things and you're a technical person. It sounds like you've been into Bitcoin for a while. You, you probably knew quite a bit, but even you learned, sounds like some new skills and some new things in Bitcoin. Because uh, yeah. Orders, yeah, yeah. So, right? so it was like, yeah, it turned out to be this massive education uh, kind of opportunity. And it was interesting to me because like, I mean, you know, you commented on Bitblock Boom being a bit of a Bitcoin Maxi conference and I was, like I, whatever I've, I've been in Bitcoin for a few years. Uh, I think it's going on, on seven, eight years now and, um, kind of, you know, fairly quickly kind of filtered down to, okay, there's a lot of noise out here and I will focus really on Bitcoin and not on all this other stuff that's going on with like, you know, every day there's 10 new blockchain started and, you know, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not interested and, you know, because you need some sort of noise filter, um, and, you know, it's not that I'm like, you know, I think I'm quite open to, to like technical innovation, but, but my interest in, in, in even going into Bitcoin really was this idea of, of, you know, like I said, initially of digital scarcity and, and having something that is, um, you know, that is provably scarce. And I think the, the idea of having, you know, I don't know, 21,000, uh, you know, coins on, 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 uh, you know, and coin market cap is kind of like the the, the exact uh, opposite of, yeah. of scarcity, right? It's it's, and you know, I, I had looked into Ethereum. I find the whole concepts of smart contracts and like all the things you can do there, I find that interesting. But it's not like the the the, the one thing that, in my view, Ethereum doesn't do is like scarcity. Like that's you know, it's just not there. Um, it's, but you know, it may be useful for other things. Um, so anyway, so I had this pretty strong Bitcoin filter on and I wouldn't call myself a maximalist, but you know, I would, you know, when I was going to conferences, I was going to like these more Mexi conferences. Um, so, um, so, so this also for me was interesting because suddenly I was talking to all these people from Ethereum, from, from, from other chains who were really interested suddenly in learning some basics about bitcoin and i was thinking okay this is this is interesting i mean it's a lot of work to explain like the utxo yeah. model to someone who, who knows the ethereum account model and kind of assumes that everything works like that but um but yeah that was like you know we felt like you know oh this is good like this yeah. is good for bitcoin and i mean that that was that was something that we were always worried about like is is what we're doing here is it good for bitcoin like you said that casey is someone who's been in Bitcoin for a very, very long time and, and, and really kind of um, really try to make sure with everything in the design that it's like it's strengthening Bitcoin and that's something that, um, you know, that, that it's, it's something that is that is good for the ecosystem. And so we, you know, everything was happening, we were kind of looking, OK, so is this playing out like we hope that it's, you know, that it's that it's a good thing? Yeah, and, but um, but then the yeah. storm came, right? Then the storm. You were Casey. He loves Bitcoin. He thinks it's good for Bitcoin. You guys are thinking it's good for Bitcoin, right? I mean, I I'm like you. I'm not quite a maximalist, but I'm Bitcoin mostly. Got into Monero a couple of years ago, but that's kind of it. And then stacks. But I've always been Bitcoin. Sounds like you have a similar thing. Yeah. So so you're you go to these maximalist conferences. You love Bitcoin. You think Ordinals is a good thing. Uh, then some of them say no, all of a sudden it's ordinal starts to take off. And then you get this pushback from a lot of people. And I talked to Erin about this and she was surprised because she's very much a Bitcoiner. And, and yeah. she said that she was surprised and others, others were. So um, clearly, I think we understand like it's good for Bitcoin. I would think most of us uh, would agree with that. And I like that you brought up the scarcity and you tweeted the other day about uh, Nick Zabo. Yeah. And his his shelling out by Nick Zabo. So he Nick Zabo is predates Bitcoin, right? I mean, he's yeah. cited in the Bitcoin white paper. So maybe we could talk about that because this opposition that we that we got from people really surprised me because we thought, well, wait, 
this is digital artifacts. This is bit gold. This is what Bitcoin yeah, yeah, is, this right? Is, this, go, this goes way back to, and, and, and you know, this, this, this paper you meant, or this, this article you're mentioning from Nick Szabo is, is one that when we were talking to Casey, I don't know exactly when it was, we, I, I think he, like very early on, like I think at some point last year, like when he talked about his vision for what this is, he mentioned this article to me and I hadn't read it at that time. So I read it and I thought, oh, wow, yeah, this is this is like, you know, it, it's like this great, like historical kind of look through the evolution of humanity. And I, I, I really like the, you know, kind of the whole this this idea that the the, the you know, collectibles really served as a tool that 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 distinguished the, the, the human species from others and allowed it to kind of have this 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 level of cooperation. That that distinguishes us from uh, you know from from uh, from 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 all the other species and um, and and bringing that into the and and that scarcity is one of the key properties that a collectible requires to be actually you know to to serve effectively uh, as a collectible and um, so so I really like that really resonated with me because it's not like you know I had kind of you know, I mentioned earlier that I had never really been interested in NFTs like that to me felt like, okay, so it's, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, you know, you know, maybe like a, like a, like a Bitcoin Maxi would say it's like a shit coin with, with a JPEG attached and yeah, with the um, JPEG attached. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So scam, but, but, but yeah. And then, you know, you have rampant speculation and scams and rug pulls and whatever. And, 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 you know, that, so that never interested me. And I was kind of, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I have learned in between that, you know, that is a very kind of, you know, there's also, you know, a good amount of interesting stuff going on there with like amazing artists and, and things like that, but it's just drowned out in, in a lot of noise. And, yeah. and, so and, and, yeah, so for you, you, so Nick Zabo, um, shelling out, you were well-grounded then in that Bitcoin. So let's take that then to kind of inscriptions. So mm -hmm. we could apply Zabo to inscriptions that these are digital collectibles, artifacts, yeah. and even like think, thinking about how Finney, how he talked about cryptographic trading cards, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So these are, we, we don't want to say they're NFTs, they're digital collectibles. So let's talk about you and what you inscribe, whatever you're willing to share. Like, can you share any of your first inscriptions? Because to you, it wasn't about, you know, creating these monkey JPEGs and trying to get rich off of them. I imagine I'd love to hear what your inscriptions were, whatever you can publicly share, either your first ones and anything you're doing now. So because you understand digital scarcity, you understand value, but you also understand art. So what were your first inscriptions that you can you can share? And, and why did you inscribe? Yeah, I mean, you know, so the interesting thing is, you know, of course, looking back, I'm thinking, well, you know, I should have really prepared something, uh, you know, with a lot of time, like something, something great to inscribe. And I had, I had like, you know, I was building, you know, helping build the software, but I had never really before we launched that thought about inscribing something myself, because I was thinking, ah, you pay a lot of money, and it needs to be really valuable if I want to inscribe it. So um and and who knows like you know i can always do that later but but then the interesting thing that started is once you know like it, it started happening really quickly like in the early days i was looking at ordinals come like every day and then you would see oh oh there's a new inscription like every second day that would be a new inscription oh that's interesting and i was like in my mind i was forming okay hmm i should really think about what uh, uh what what to inscribe and um, and I think it really, for me, it really started when I saw, uh, you know, the Bitcoin rocks kind of being inscribed. Oh, yeah. Like we saw like a hundred, like and at that point, I was still thinking like, wow, that's crazy. Like to, to invest, like what I think, what was it like $2 per inscription, a hundred times, like $200 on, on oh you know gosh. inscribing this like that's that's crazy and and you know and then so so that inspired me to okay so i i want to i want to create some some things of my own and i had like i had always been like you know i'm like my other passion is ai and um you know like all this all this like i've been like in ai for many many years and 
kind of playing with all these models and and um so so from an art perspective like i'm i'm quite interested in kind of using uh using ai to kind of translate concepts like i like creating concepts and then you know using ai to kind of translate that into into visual representations so um you know, I think the first inscription I made was uh, was actually in the in the in the low hundreds, two nine two was, you know, kind of picking up this debate of, uh, you know, kind of you know at, at that point like the debate had really become heated on, oh these 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 you know we need to censor these transactions, the illegitimate transactions, and you know kind of. Uh, 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 Luke Dashier was saying like, oh yeah, but it's like these transactions are lying to your node, and it's like you know it was like this lying very emotional kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I haven't heard that one. Lying to your node. No, no, okay. no. There, there, yeah. There's a tweet by him, like, or, or I think he he was on a Twitter space where it says like the, you know, because we're putting something into the witness data, which is meant you know, for, for signatures and what we're putting in, there is an actual, uh, you know, it's actual uh, signature data, but, but his point was, no, but it's a lie because you're not actually like you're, you're making it, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of using it as a Trojan horse to put your data. in. so it's a lie. So it needs yeah. to be censored. Like okay. that's, <laughs> yeah. so, and yeah. then, you know, but, but the interesting thing I found in that debate is that I found that like from an intellectual perspective and from what I understood like like the kind of the core tenets of bitcoin to be is it's censorship resistant there is no good or bad in a transaction right like people say bitcoin is for enemies like you if it doesn't work for your enemy then it's not the system that we want to have so this whole debate of oh these are bad transactions because we don't like them and i was really quite disappointed with a lot of the takes from from people that i had you know that I had held in, in in very high regard, and where I felt like they they argued from like an emotional point, where they said, "Oh, I don't like this, so it must be bad." So now I'm kind of construing some some argument that that if you take it to the um, to the extreme, kind of leads you to a point where you damage the actual kind of really important core properties of Bitcoin. So that was kind of anyway. So so I picked up that that, that discussion a bit in in my first uh, inscriptions, and then. You know, I've, I've, I've since, um, you know, inscribed, you know, a few like, you know, I, I wanted to do stuff that is also not like I saw a lot of things that were kind of copies of things in, in other, you know, ecosystems. And I thought, well, that's that's not really uh, it's not really what I want to see. Here. So let's at least try to create something unique, something that has a, you know, that has a unique story. And and you know I, I, I yeah I've, I started inscribing quite a bit of stuff um, in the you know in the in the low 100s and then in the 1000s and it's a it's a, it's a fairly wild mix of things so um, and and I haven't I haven't launched a lot yet. It's, well, can um, you share anything? Is there anything you can share publicly? Was it art? Was it text files? Was it HTML? Is there anything you can I tell us? Or art, do we need to wait? files i have html i have whatever i don't know i think i have an html of 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 the first pizza transaction uh you know because casey was interested hey what are the sets and then i inscribed the the html mm -hmm. that, that 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 shows that transaction things like that so i have it's, it's really like a very broad range and I'm, I'm i've just now started like the last few weeks kind of starting to to you know kind of launch some of these things etc but it's like you know i'm like i'm you know that that is one of the things I do in ordinals. I think the um, the you know, and I I, I I like this aspect. Like what I what I had really underestimated, but it comes also back to this Nick Sabo point is that building communities based on based on you know kind of around collectibles actually is something that 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 can create strong communities. So um, that that's something I had completely underestimated before and and now i see it playing out with this you know kind of the community i've been building around you know around some of my collections and it's it's it's, it's quite a nice experience where you see wow okay so that's you know that's that's that that's how this works and and which reminds me really of this this idea in the in the in the shutting out paper um and um yeah so, all right, so you were inscribing early 100s, thousands, and you said you had a variety of inscriptions, some that you 
I guess, started to share or come out with. And, and so it's so interesting that you were working for so long and you underestimated and didn't quite understand kind of the power of inscriptions and digital collectibles. And going back to Nick, he really, you know, he's a great writer and thinker, obviously. And um, so he kind of probably helped you understand that and then seeing yeah. the adoption, right? And what other people we're doing definitely. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't really found an inscription that's sort of my community yet. I'm hoping someone comes up with one because I see these people going to these different collections and they seem to identify with it so much. And I don't know if I'm gonna have to create one myself, but I'm, I'm hoping that there will be one this year. Um, so you, you're so deep in the code with GitHub, you're working so hard on it. Um, what can you share about right now? I, I know you have the ordinary ordinarily and friends is there anything you want to say about about that what you guys are doing yeah so so that that's kind of the other and and that's maybe a little bit also to your comment where i you know i've inscribed my own things but but what i really want to see and kind of what also the 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 vision that that excited me about what what casey wanted to build here was like one of the reasons he had said was like i want to you know i was looking for something to launch my own art and and you know i didn't find it on ethereum so so that that's kind of one of the things that brought him here. And then this this vision he had of like having, you know, kind of technical people and artists kind of collaborate on on, you know, using this this new medium that that, you know, first can kind of serve as a canvas for like, you know, a very durable medium to 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 store and preserve and present and and you know kind of exhibit your art and and so kind of the the you know kind of the the um the vision that i have with the ordinary in france is to really help artists to to come into this ecosystem so i you know i started with an actual friend of mine um who, who's an artist and and you know who I was telling about what I was doing and then you know he, he immediately got it when I when I kind of explained like and and what distinguishes this from from all the NFTs you have seen is that you you actually have your art kind of preserved for you know if you're optimistic about Bitcoin for eternity mm -hmm. um and that that's kind of he said okay that makes sense and um you know it's like you know it's like putting it on on you know on a canvas that has this really long-term durability and and so we started doing some collections and then i thought this is a lot of fun like you know kind of sitting down with an artist um and and, and kind of brainstorming like like you know like you know i think the combination of kind of trying to do interesting technical things and, and interesting art and kind of that that gets interesting so since i've you know i've worked with a few other other artists and 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 you know kind of we're advising and and, and helping artists and to how can you use this canvas in a way that makes sense because like my like my personal kind of thing is like i'd like to see more and better art on ordinals and um you know let's uh, let's let's help make that happen um yeah i um, i love art but i'm kind of maybe i'm a snob with art i like mostly art pre-world war one i really i'm not a modern yeah. art guy i know that makes me unpopular especially in in ordinals but i would love to see art elevated a little more maybe it doesn't have but to that's be like the, i know. mean that's the interesting thing like it's it's always like art is always i think very subjective and yeah. and you know i think everybody has to like you know i i love the diversity we're seeing and the experimentation i think especially like the the, the experimentation we have unleashed now with recursion where people mm -hmm. are starting to you know i'm also like I, I really love photography and um you know if you kind of whatever if i shoot you know images with my 50 megapixel camera those are not great files for for putting on ordinals, right? With like mm -hmm. you know, you have a 400 kilobyte uh, uh, restriction, kind of unless you work with a miner. Um, but now you know you you see some some creative some creative ways where people like you know I like what what Billy Resley did with his uh, you know six megabyte inscription that that they used recursion to kind of. You know essentially put that into into different pieces and then assemble it together that's you know that's a nice concept i, I love the experimentation mm -hmm. but but i think like you know we're, we're still so early and and you know i think um i think uh there is there is a lot more room for for great stuff to come onto ordinals and kind of 
have there be something for you know for for kind of you know a wide range of tastes yeah that's it's permissionless so you're, yeah, we're going to exactly. get a lot of great stuff exactly. and a lot yeah. of not so great stuff a lot exactly. of stuff that not, yeah yeah exactly. Yeah. And I love, I'm, I'm with you. I love uh, the inscriptions that are, I think, aesthetically pleasing, but do something with the technology. Like you mentioned Bill Wrestley's, that was, that was very cool. Um, I also like things, to me, it's like the triangle is technically interesting, aesthetically pleasing, but something based in Bitcoin. I really like when there's something that references Bitcoin in some way. Those are just my, my favorite. I mean, we, we don't want to be constrained by Bitcoin thought and culture no, and I, I think do like is, those there is a lot of potential there and i think like if you look at like what i really like is looking at all these different layers right you can think about the satoshi that you inscribed that's kind mm -hmm. of your canvas and then you have all these the storytelling about whatever rare satoshis of a certain kind but you know you have the satoshi numbers you have the satoshi names um you know, and people are getting more and more into like ideas, hmm, maybe I can find Satoshis that contain the name of my project, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I can find Satoshis from my birthday or, you know, whatever, right? So, yeah. so something that is meaningful and, and like what I really like, you know, it's it's kind of boring if, if everybody does the same and everybody takes whatever block 78 sets and now it's something special. No, I, I think what is interesting is if you, if you, if, you, if you're conscious about what you choose, right? Like like an artist, like he chooses the canvas, the colors, like like you know every piece of it. It's it, you know it's 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 a it's you know it's a it's careful kind of conscious selection, and I think you can do the same thing here on Bitcoin. And I think there is now this recursion. There's also a lot more potential, especially with generative art, where you can reference things like you know block height, and you know we we will be adding more recursive endpoints where you can you know, kind of my my view would be that making as much as possible of the state and kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, the state of the Bitcoin network available to inscriptions, like opens a lot of interesting possibilities where you can have inscriptions kind of react to to what's going on on Bitcoin, right? Like you can use it as a source of randomness, but, but you can use it I like this idea that um, a few people have floated on, you know, you can do... Um, whatever reveals at a certain time when you kind of reference an inscription that is not there yet, or you can reference a certain Satoshi and then re-inscribe that and so have kind of controlled state change of inscription. So like there's a lot of things where, where you can make an inscription kind of a living, you know, a living entity on the Bitcoin network that 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 has access to to the state of the Bitcoin network. Um, yes. I, I'm not really like, I'm, I'm not really thinking like Bitcoin will become like this fully programmable thing. Um, you know, I think some people are very excited about, um, oh, suddenly you can do everything you can do on ETH on, on Bitcoin because of yeah. inscriptions. I don't no. believe that's true. Um, but, but there's certainly room to do interesting things. Um, but you also need to understand kind of the limitations. I think uh, this is not this is not making Bitcoin into Ethereum. Um, by, by no, but <laughs> so much of this is because of the limitations of Bitcoin, right? Yeah. And and it's you you face these constraints. But you brought up you've said uh, canvas a few times, and I think that's the right word. And especially you also brought up the different you know the different sats that you inscribe on. And so when you bring up canvas, it's same with art. Well, it's not just oil painting. It's not just, right, you could use marble, you could use wood, you could use stone. And and Bitcoin and ordinals allows you to do use different ones. Is it a common set? Is it uncommon? Yeah. So you can pick certain ones. And then you brought up numbers. Is it a birthday? Is it the pizza day? Whatever it is. So it's really dynamic in the sense that it's not just the data, but where you put the data on what kind of Satoshi do you put that? And now with, um, you know, what you were talking about being able to do things that reference back to each other. So this is like so amazing. Um, part of it is just Bitcoin's design by accident has produced these results. And then the fact that Bitcoin is the first, you know, Bitcoin. So there's, it's been around long enough that enough history has happened that you can do certain things and re refer to certain dates and certain Satoshi. So it's it's actually quite much more dynamic than any anything else and not really on purpose in a way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think 
like also like like what I really like seeing also is like you know I think if you know I think if if you were to do like a systematic evaluation of Twitter timelines like I think the 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 amount of screenshots from mempool.space that that have kind of come up like where people show this kind of mempool art uh you know that like that's another layer right you can very carefully craft your transactions so they so they they you know you you have these interesting uh these these interesting looking transactions for for the for the inscriptions to establish provenance or you know so so you know i think you know one thing that i like about is is like okay it actually helps people understand how this stuff works behind the scenes and and you know people now actually care about the mempool and care about the transactions and 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 you know start understanding this this more deeply um but I think like it opens it opens you know interesting layers for for art like you you know like like you said like the, the you know you have the satoshis as your canvas you have the way you inscribe with what transactions you use uh, you know kind of uh, what UTXOs you use to inscribe um, uh, you, you have all these techniques of of uh, you know recursion you know where, where you can reference other things and you know so. So it's a it's 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 a it's a it's an interesting toolbox, um, but it's also a toolbox that is kind of it's constrained to what's on Bitcoin, right? It's not like it's like the the the, the core tenet always is like in the end everything you have there is on chain, and uh, you know it's not referencing um, you know anything outside that. So it's it's you have this guarantee that it's kind of it it, it actually lives on Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity for immutability, durability, yeah. but also expression. I mean, I, I'd love to know if Nick has been inscribing Nick Zabo, right? I mean, I would love to get him on the podcast and see. Well, hey, what do you? That would be amazing. Could you imagine? Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, you should you should really try that. Like, that's... oh, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to come on. I think he's kind <laughs> of um, kind of keeping to himself these last couple of years, but that would be amazing. Well, we're just about out of time, Ordinali, but I do want to ask you one final question that I think might summarize everything. And I like to ask this to, to the guests that usually ask some good, good answers. So here's my last and final question to you. Do you have any inscriptions that you would never sell or transfer? And if so, what are they and why? Huh, that's an interesting one. So, um, I, you know, I think the one, like, it's actually interesting. So there's quite a few that I wouldn't sell, but the first one that came to mind actually was one that I, that I, that like, you know, I think it was the first one that I actually paid money for is, um, is, you know, it's actually my Zodiac sign, uh, from, from the, uh, from the Aquarian conspiracy series, um, which like, you know, it's a very, it's, you know, it's from a very small collection of 12 inscriptions and, um, you know, it's, it's obviously very personal since it's my, it's my sign. And it's also associated with, with, with that, you know, event in, 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 in May in Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's the first one that comes to mind, but there's a few more, but, but it's like, you know, I, I really liked like the, because that also you know, it's associated with a community of people who have like, you know, a very, you know, kind of um, a very interesting view on, on, on Bitcoin and, and like mind opening view, let's say on, on, on Bitcoin. So that's, yeah, that's the one I would, I would, I would pick. <laughs> that's a good one. And, and, and you bought it. So it's a community, it's personal to you. It's a point in time and I'm sure there's others, but that's more of a personal question. So that was a great answer. I knew you'd have a good one. So that's great. And we just talked to Erin. Uh, she's going to be the first, first uh, one that we publish here. Ordinal, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I think this, we covered a lot of topics. We got insight into kind of the earlier days. We got insight into what happened when things kind of blew up. We talked about art. We talked about Nick Zabo and, and uh, collectibles. Um, any final messages uh, where people could maybe find you on Twitter and your future work really quick? Yeah, so find us, uh, find me on Twitter at uh, very ordinarily, um, and um, you can find kind of links to everything else from there. Um, meet me in person in uh, Amsterdam on uh, October 14th. We are doing a conference inscribing Amsterdam, um, so that's uh, that's that's something that that I'm excited about. 
and kind of like you know in the future like i i you know i we have a lot of plans for the open source protocol and um and that's that's why i hope the the you know the next few months i can uh you know we, we uh, just had some some planning sessions on our roadmap so you know we, we 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 have a good list of things to ship in the next few months exciting well again ordinal thanks for coming on the ordinals podcast and uh everyone please check out his twitter and then inscribe amsterdam and you can meet him there thank you very much we hope you enjoyed this episode please rate and review our show Subscribe to the Ordinals podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite app, and follow us on Twitter at the Ord Pod. Drop us a line at podcast at org.media for topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like us to interview. Ordinals 2024 conference is taking place in Nashville. Early bird passes are available now. Visit org.media and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Ordinals podcast produced by Ord Media.